and the expert of GROW, the woman in the know, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the mic. It's Anne Gachui. Welcome to the show again. Thank you very much, Shaggy. My name is Anne Gachui. I'm the founder of the Home Gardening Support Network. And working with home gardeners and teaching them, as well as teachers and landscaping professionals. And that's why today's topic we are discussing understanding your soil testing and your fertilizer management. The foundation of your garden is your soil. And for those who are planning to do organic gardening, they have to start at the soil. So I look forward to talking about the soils. He asked me if the testing we are talking about is the same as you do for other things. Mm-hmm. I think often I say because we want to talk about the ground. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that you don't just throw a seed down, throw water on it, and then magically a plant comes up. The actual mm-hmm. quality of the soil is something you need to consider. Absolutely. The foundation of your garden is your soil. And for those who are planning to do organic gardening, they have to start at the soil. Now, organic gardening and gardening gardening, what do we call non-organic gardening these days? Gardening gardening? Conventional gardening. Conventional gardening. Okay. Uh, When we're talking about conditioning the soil, Mm -hmm. how much is a different, how much of a We'll make this simple. How much of a price difference is it between organically prepared soil and conventional soil? It's a little hard to quantify in terms of price. Mm. It's the value that you get over time. Ah. Because organic gardening is really a process. It's not a destination. It's a process of getting there. So starting to amend or condition your soils take time. So you have to keep on adding compost and organic matter, and Mm -hmm. it takes time for it to break down and to do the wonderful work that the microorganisms and the nutrients that are in your composts do the work. Yeah, because this is something that I did, and and, and somebody said that I burned the soil Mm -hmm. by composting, and I did not understand, but there is at least... When you're using animal matter, we'll call it that politely on the air, and you're using it in composting, you have to kind of let it stew for a while before you add it to the ground to the side. Otherwise, you you end up with this hot mess that nothing can grow in. Absolutely. And so we often say if you're going to use uh, animal manure, like chicken manure or cow manure or steer Mm. manure or pig or horse manure, you don't use the fresh stuff. You have to let it to age and mm. compost and and so that it's it's usable. So you keep it aside for at least maybe three months. Three so months. So not directly from the animal to the garden because it will burn, but also it could cause some food poisoning. Wow! You know, it has E. coli. It has other bacteria that could be of. Um, a disadvantage to you as a home gardener. So you want to first make sure that it's well-aged. So so like wine, you you let it sit in the side. You keep it kind of covered too, don't you? Or you just let the sun bake it out? You can keep it covered. If you do keep it covered, it gets to 
you know uh, if it's compost that is it age it, it decomposes faster mm -hmm. but for animal manure you don't have to you can keep it out there in the sun it will break down over time the mm -hmm. idea is just to make sure that it dries out mm -hmm. it also ages properly so that when you do use it in the garden it doesn't burn your plants so how do you know if it's aged properly is there like a taste test or something no there's no taste test but Thank of God. course you can see it's hard <laughs> it's hard and it's manageable but coming back again to the soil testing yeah. normally you you know in our bodies we need vitamins we have mm -hmm. all the different vitamins vitamin a b c d e and others that we need so that we can function a soil needs the same but they are nutrients mm -hmm. so if you're starting to work with your soil if you don't know what is in the soil what is the soil nutrient makeup or if your soil is acidic or alkaline then it's very difficult to know how to actually manipulate it and work with it so that it gives you the food you want okay so this is something that i actually know about ph yes soil ph mm -hmm. at least medium what is considered baseline medium good for for lawns because at one point i had a horrible experience trying to grow grass mm -hmm. thus the story of how i burned the soil mm -hmm. but eventually i got everything figured out and and a ph of seven mm -hmm. is what lawns typically call for right for grass that's a that's a neutral ph seven mm. actually there's a little bit of um, leeway a ph of between six and seven is desirable for most plants growing mm. so if you're within that range you're good now, if, is there a better edge of that range to be in a ph of six which we call slightly acidic mm. it's not very acidic so if you have it too acidic for instance if you had a ph of 4.5 or 5.5 then you better be growing blueberries or hydrangeas mm. because those will do better then but most plants they have a problem when the ph is very acidic it's like if you think of like citrus you know like lime mm -hmm. like lime juice if you had really it's very very um it's very acidic so you want a ph because if it's too acidic then some nutrients are not made available to the plants so the the acidity yes. basically breaks down some of the nutrients before they can get into the plant it either makes them unavailable or they become too much. For instance, let's talk about the elements, like I mentioned, the vitamins or the nutrients that plants need. Mm -hmm. There's a whole total of about 16 nutrients that most plants need. Mm -hmm. And so out of this, there's the primary nutrients that are needed in large amounts. Nit this is uh, phosphorus, potassium, magnesium, okay. nitrogen, calcium, it, it sounds an awful lot like you're making a bomb at this point. <laughs> I mean, this is some pretty heavy stuff. Magnesium, potassium, uh, 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 carbon I see here on the list. Yes. Nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. We call those the primary nutrients. They are needed in large amounts. Oh. Carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, they are just in the air. We don't have to worry about it. They are available to the plants. We need them for for photosynthesis making the food but okay. calcium magnesium and sulfur these are secondary nutrients calcium yes i didn't know plants do plants get osteoporosis in a sense yes uh, of course not in such 
strict terms but if you think of tomatoes that we talked about last month and we talked and said if your plants are your tomato plants don't have enough calcium you notice this black spongy smudge dark spot on the blossom and we call it the blossom end rot yeah there's a rot at the blossom end of the tomato plant and this is often because of lack of calcium calcium yes so it does every one of these nutrients plays a role in the plants well how would i get more calcium into the soil do i go buy milk and just pour it into my garden not literally <laughs> but you buy foot, uh, you buy fertilizers that have calcium oh yes like you could do for instance let's say you had an acidic soil and you needed to add dolomite Oh, dolomite. And dolomite has calcium, magnesium, carbonate. So it does give you both calcium and magnesium. Mm-hmm. So in an acidic soil, often sometimes you may have shortage of that. You may have shortage of calcium and magnesium. So you amend the soil by adding dolomite. Right. And with the carbonate, it's kind of a powder, right? It's kind of a powder. So the most common one that we know is lime. So most mm. times when people live in an acidic area or soils are acidic rather, then they add lime. They add calcium carbonate, which is lime. And they want to raise the pH. So for instance, if you live in Haiku here in the island, mm-hmm. most of the soils there, it's always raining. So often they tend to be more acidic. Oh. And so you have to use calcium carbonate. But if you live in Kula, the soil tend to be more alkaline. This is a generalization, but more often than not. Because so the pH is above 7. So so Kula, because it's drier, you're going to see more 7 and closer to 8. And then yes. Haiku, where there's a lot of moisture, you actually see sixes and fives Fives and fours 4.5 5.5 so you do see that so if you do see for instance if you had you're in haiku and your soils are acidic then you run into trouble with phosphorus the nutrient phosphorus becomes unavailable to the plants if the soils are too acidic Mm. because the soil these soils also have the minor nutrients which we didn't mention like zinc, aluminium, manganese, boron, they are too available, they are too soluble in an acidic soil. So they lock up phosphorus. They make it unavailable to the plants. Wow, so like they, they just like turn into little knit baskets that can't go through the openings. They become insoluble. The phosphorus become insoluble. It's not available to the plants, and that's why you need to know what your soil pH is. Okay, how do we find that? You find your soil pH by taking your soil and identifying six locations randomly in your garden okay. and digging about 8 to 12 inches deep. And then you scoop out the soil in each of the six locations, random locations. You mix it up in a bag. You take out two cups of that soil and take it to your nearest extension office or you can take it to a lab that is doing soil tests. And it will come back with results of what your pH is what your nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, magnesium, calcium is. Mm. So it's quite an involved process, really. You don't have to do it every year. You do it maybe once every three years, and that's the beauty of it. But in itself, it allows you to know what's inside my soil. Mm. So that when you do add fertilizers, you're not just doing it randomly, you know, because we don't want to mess up the soil. We don't want to... um, 
poison the soil by putting fertilizers that we don't need or putting the wrong kind. So you can literally kill your plants by giving it too much of a good thing. Yes. Yes, you can. And so so on one extreme end, we say acidic soils. But on the other end, you may have alkaline soils. So if the soils are, the pH is above 7, like 8, for instance, or above 7, then you really need to add those fertilizers that are acidic, like ammonium sulfate, like sulfur, mm-hmm. elemental sulfur. So you need to make sure that at least those soils are going to be, you're going to lower the pH uh-huh. and bring it a bit lower. Okay. And, and so we, we've got the fact that we should not throw cheese into a garden. That's mm-hmm. not a good way to get calcium in there, nor, no. nor is pouring buttermilk over your tomato no, plants. No, no. <laughs> Although buttermilk over tomatoes when they're ripe, Ooh, so good. All right. And we've covered the, the, the regions as yes. far as if you're on the North Shore, you're going to be a little bit more acidic. If you're up country in the drier, more arid regions, you're going to be a little bit more alkaline. Now, we, we know that we're looking for a pH of 6. We know that it's good to test at least once every three years. Yes. Is there, and I'm just going to throw this question out there, is there any use in going down to the hardware store and mm-hmm. buying those little soil pH testers and trying it yourself? This, this, the do-it-yourself little testers will give you your pH reading. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. They may not give you um, everything. They won't give you like what nutrient contents you have. If you're lucky, you'll know whether you have an acidic soil or an alkaline soil. But it may not give you the proper ranges. It depends on how you set it up. So you have to science this stuff. You have to science this stuff, but a little bit. But let me tell you a shortcut. Okay. If you didn't know, you didn't have the time to do the soil test. You didn't have the time to take it to be tested. The best thing you can do about your soil is adding compost. Natural compost. Organic matter. Ah, plants. Yes, organic matter. So you put organic matter, whether it's compost or manure, Mm -hmm. You can put in your soil. That amends the soil. Oh. You can also do other things. For instance, you can do, um, you can add green manure. You can do cover crops. Green green manure. You get that from a sick animal. No. You do that by growing plants like sun hemp or clover or peanuts or beans. And then you dig them in into the soil. I see. Or buckwheat. That's green manure. But lastly, you can also do crop rotation mm-hmm. or grow cover crops. And cover crops like alfalfa and clover and hairy vetch, soybeans, rye, these are plants that you leave in the soil over the season. And then you can, cu- you can let them grow and then you can dig them in. In a sense, they let the soil rest. I see. So yes. kind of like a quilt. In Yes, but it's just making sure that the soil has times to regenerate again and to have these other nutrients break down um, organically over time. Wow. Yes. And and any more parting advice? I mean, should you talk nice to the soil? I mean, is there a massage that you can give your lawn? I think the best thing, too, is to make sure you don't grow the same crops over and over and over in the same spot. Mm. So that's why we talk about rotation. So if you grew tomatoes last season, make sure maybe you grow beans the next season. Or you grow maybe 
cabbage or lettuce or something different mm. it gives the soil the you know you don't have to leave um pests or diseases over in the soil but you also give the soil differences in the the nutrient uptake by different ah, plants okay yes, yeah yes. because sometimes something might come in and take a little bit more uh, manganese yes. than another plant yes i see so uh, it's not rocket science it's soil science that can make a good garden absolutely and i always say think like a root go below the soil oh. for good crops and this is Anga Chuhi of the Home Gardening Support Network. So if you'd like to learn more, hit the website. What is it? Home. So I hope you'll join us. I hope you'll also leave a review and also, of course, subscribe to our episodes. And I'm excited to have you join us.